Hello everyone, welcome to Anything But Sports, or Abs, um, our new podcast that we're starting here in Atlanta, um, which is something I want to touch on a little bit later. Uh, this is a podcast for us only. If we have any viewership whatsoever, it is very unexpected, but um, yeah. You were, you were very unwelcomed. Yeah, please, please do not listen to the rest of this. Please turn it off right now. But uh, yeah, the goal really is to just um, get to know some new people, interview um, smaller creators, local creators um, in Atlanta, uh, potentially some friends, maybe some family. One of my goals for this is to use this as a networking tool. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I I don't know, I feel like it's easier. Interestingly, I feel like it's easier to say, will can I interview you on a podcast rather than will you have lunch with me? Yeah. Because I feel like other people see that as a networking opportunity as well. So I definitely want to use it for that. But I also, mm-hmm. I want to put a large emphasis on the quality of content that we talk about here. And I want this mm-hmm. to be very real and vulnerable and authentic yeah. and interesting. Yeah. Which no other podcast wants to do. <laughs> no <laughs> other podcast is interesting. Well, They're like, we're, we're the only ones that want to have value. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's why I, I, and it's also a challenge for both of us because both of us are people that constantly want to find ways to improve things and make things the best they can possibly be mm-hmm. efficiency wise and technically. Um, but I think this is going to be a good challenge to try to put that energy into more of a quality of content product mm-hmm. rather than a quality of technicality product. This is more of a, let's, let's get to know each other as well as the people that we would potentially invite and then also let's work on our interviewing skills as well as our interview ee interview ee skills our interview ee skills and yeah and just grow in those ways i think this is a great time for us to introduce ourselves to anyone who doesn't know who we are even though this is just for ourselves you mm-hmm. know i think i think it's even a useful tool you know even though it's just for you and me like you know you and i will be in inter- interviews where we do have to introduce ourselves yeah and so you know this is like who are we talking to <laughs> this, this, this will be useful so yeah. uh my name is sawyer holcomb uh, i'm from kentucky same city as john that's mm-hmm. how we met uh, i'm a director of photography spent uh, all all of my uh learning years in lexington and have just recently transitioned to trying to work in atlanta Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to work on bigger projects, better projects, need to get some more experience. Um, but most importantly, you know, I want to find a way to trick someone into giving me money so I can work <laughs> with all my friends. And that's that's pretty much my that's the ideal goal. Yeah. yeah. So I'm John Bowling. Um, like Sawyer said, he and I grew up in the, say, I don't know if I would call it a city, <laughs> you know? It's a city. Yeah. It's yeah, a, two a, interstate exits. True. So true. It's a town, or it's a, a, an area in Kentucky. And uh, I'm a professional PA. That's how I would describe myself. Um, I don't want to be a PA anymore. I have come to almost despise being a PA. Um, I know how to do it. I think I'm decent at it. <laughs> I would hope so, at least. Um, but I want to. I want to produce, and that's my that's my dream goal is to um, become a producer. And like you said, work on bigger and better projects with my friends. And I think we should maybe talk about that. How 
it seems like that's kind of a common theme, right? I, you know, you talk to all your friends who are in media and everyone always says, oh yeah, I want to work on my own stuff. You know, I want to do my own thing. I don't want to work on these, these big projects like that other companies, like these, you know, mega million dollar companies are working on. I want to like do my own thing. And I, I see nothing wrong with that. I think there's a lot of merit in that, but it's very unfortunate that that's not a way that a lot of people are able to establish themselves, you know? Yeah. You know, that's actually an interesting question. Why, why do you think people want to work on their own stuff and not uh, someone else's stuff? I think it's because, well, from my experience, um, your value is very, like, you have no value on set as a PA um, in big, on big things, typically. If it's a smaller crew, um, for example, there are some TLC shoots I worked on that had small crews, and they, they did value me as a person. Um, but if it's, it's a crew that you just blend in, you're just a number, it's like, okay, your PA number, you know, 15 that we hired, it's like no one cares who you are. Like the other PAs care, but really no one, no one above you is going to single you out and say, I appreciate your work, right? Because they're busy doing their own work and trying to get appreciated by someone else who is busy doing their work and trying to get appreciated by somebody else, right? So I think, I think the desire to work on your own things is just you know that everyone, all your friend group, if, you know, if you're working with your friends, um, they're all going to bring in their value. And you know what their value is. And you're going to appreciate them for what they are. Um, so I think, I think really that's where it, it stems from, um, is just being valued on set. Mm, see, I, I think it comes from, from a lack of passion. Because it feels more like just a regular job mm-hmm. when you're working on something that you have no connection to. Yeah. And when the work that you're doing um, does not, you know, speak to you in any way, mm-hmm. I think that can make it difficult to want to be there. And so I, I think that's why people want to work on their own stuff is because yeah. they yeah. care about their own stuff. Yeah. They don't care about, you know, these huge corporations stuff. And so, so true. <laughs> I, I, I think that it's possible yeah. to work on someone else's stuff mm-hmm. and want to be there. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I think all, all you would have to do is like make sure that, you know, if you were, if you were leading a, a team of people, mm-hmm. you know, you make sure that everyone feels like they are appreciated and valued mm-hmm. and what they're doing is helpful and I don't know, useful to the process. Like, even if it's not, you know, like creative or whatever, Mm -hmm. I think it has mostly something to do with passion. I think there's a lot that makes us into it. I think there's a lot. um, When someone says, I want to work on my own stuff, when someone asks why, I think there's a lot, you know, in the back of someone's mind that is just kind of like built up and built up that's made them come to that conclusion. Um, But yeah, I think think it definitely is admirable in the end to do your own thing. Um, because it's harder. It's a lot harder um, to do your own thing and make it. So, have you ever been happy as a PA? Yes, I have been. What were, what were the circumstances? I had friends there. I'd made friends with another PA or a few other PAs. And we had made friends with the coordinator and the production manager, and we were all very close. So, it was it was less of I'm working as an individual, getting paid, you know, we wages at, at the end of the day and it was more like I'm here as a team and everyone knows like what part we play 
and then I can like feel satisfied when I go home. What about you? Have you ever have you ever felt satisfied on? Uh, you've done you've done more features than I have. Um, I've never went straight through a feature. Like, I've never been a staff PA for a feature, but you have. When you were the the key, um, yeah. Tell us about that. Your key PA experience in Louisville. Were you satisfied on that? It was a very unorganized set. Yeah. And uh, there were definitely times when I was incredibly frustrated. Mm-hmm. But um, much like what you're saying, and I think we're quickly approaching kind of the theme of this question, mm-hmm. is it, it's far more important who you're working with than like the actual work that you're doing. Because mm-hmm. like, if you're treated well as a person, then it, that makes it a lot easier to take out the stinky trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you can laugh about it and joke about it and say thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, there were there were good days and there were bad days on that production, but I stayed through for the whole thing because of the people the that people. were there. Yeah. So we've talked about the theme of the question, right? Which we have deciphered to be: it's more important who you work with rather than what you do. Mm-hmm. So, kind of with that being said, and kind of within that framework where do you want to be in the future, in the next five years? In the next how, five years? Yeah. How do you want to implement that theme into your career? Wow, great question. Um, well, I'm 23 right now. Um, in two years, I'll be 25. Actually, less than two years. My birthday's in March. Um, I told myself that by 25... I will have at least one production coordinator credit under my belt. I really hope it's before then. <laughs> I would hate to go another like year and a third um, just PA. But, um, but within the next five years, I don't know. I think I would like to, once I get the coordinator position and then start doing that, the freelance potentially, but also maybe as staff, um, Within one or two years, I would like to work up to, you know, assistant production manager or, you know, maybe then production manager. Or maybe within that five-year gap, work to production manager. End goal, line producer. I do not think that I am incredibly creative. Producing is people management. Um, It's money management and it's asset management. So all of those things, the, the satisfaction I get when I successfully lock down a location or I successfully coerce someone to work on a set that I want to be on or that I'm, that I'm uh, producing, it's just like, wow, I can't believe I did that. You know what I mean? And the, I, think, I think really what has drawn me is I have faith in myself to like hold a position like that where I'm having to be responsible for everyone underneath me. Uh, but again, like I said, I, I, you have to work through the like taking out the trash and um, cleaning up some guy's pee <laughs> to get to that spot, right? So you're very slowly learning the, the ins and outs of daily life on set so that when you get to this position where you no longer have to worry about all that, you can at least appreciate all of these people that are still doing that, right? They're still working up to that position. And I think that's so important. Um, not to take this conversation in, you know, out in left field, but there are people that 
will go straight from some other like sector, like business, like retail or real estate or something like that. And they will go straight to an executive producer position. And it's like, you have no idea what I do. You have absolutely no idea what my job is, you know? And that, that really bugs me when I am working with someone like that and they, they have no respect for what I'm doing because they have to go through it, right? So anyway, that's why, that's why I want to be in that position and that's why I don't like people that haven't had to go through the, the torture of, of PA school. <laughs> so in that same, you know, in that same line of thought, what makes you want to be a DP? Because that's highly creative. Well, first of all, I, I have a lot of responses to some of the things you said. First of all, I think you are very creative. You're well, very you. witty and you come up with really funny stuff on the spot all the time. Uh, second, I, I don't think that every department on set is creative except for production. <laughs> I, like that's, that's not how guess, this industry yeah. works. You know, I, I think your department is very creative in probably the most unique way mm-hmm. because you do have to be the one to convince people to come on set or True. to convince homeowners to let us shoot there. And like, you're not just always like presenting facts, you know, mm-hmm. like you have to be creative <laughs> yeah. with where you look, how mm-hmm. you ask, what you offer. And, and when you're managing, I mean, the, like the definition of pretty much everyone's job on set is like immediate creative problem solving. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a different flavor of problem solving for every department. Yeah. Sometimes it's not even different. It's the same problem solving. It's <laughs> yeah. with something different in your hands at the time. Right. And I'm really glad that I don't have to be creative in the way that you want to be creative. Because yeah. I don't want to be creative in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very glad that there are people who are interested in stuff other than what I'm interested in. And then the the last point that you brought up, talking about people who don't understand uh, what other people do, uh, is that's probably one of the biggest uh, realizations or definitions that I have created myself mm-hmm. through my experience. And I'm sure this exists somewhere, but I call it technical empathy where you understand what other people uh, have went through or will have to do when you ask a request of them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it is so important for like, you know, I, I've, I've been in an art department, I've been PA, I've been in camera department, and I, that's, I think it is so important for like the DP and camera department to at least know, or better yet, have worked in art department, locations, sound department. Because when you make a request, you know, if you say, hey, art, uh, I made a mistake. We need to flip this entire set. Can you have it done in in three minutes? You know, that's that's an unreasonable request. But I I think it it helps uh, improve efficiency on set too. Like when you, when you know what you're about to ask someone to do mm-hmm. because you've done it yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that helps you phrase your question in a more efficient way to uh, get the job done faster. I, I guess to answer the question, why do I want to 
you know, be in camera department or why do I want to be a DP? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I honestly, I, I have no idea why I really want to do this. I know that I really enjoy uh, problem solving mm-hmm. and I really enjoy planning shots ahead of time. And my, my favorite job of all time, like my favorite little crumb of what I do is when a director or, you know, whoever is the more creative person than me comes mm-hmm. up and says, okay, here's the shot that I want to get. It's very complicated. It's yeah. very difficult. Figure it out. You have to figure out how we're going to get that shot. Mm-hmm. And then I say, okay. And that's, that is my favorite part of what I do is uh, achieving someone else's, someone else's vision. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something very satisfying about looking at an image and being able to, you know, pick apart every little quadrant of it and like being able to justify why every piece of the image is the way that it is. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that aspect of it. But then I also really enjoy the fact that I know a lot of that stuff is going to be subconscious yeah. to viewers. Yeah. And like when people say that just, that feels like a movie or that, that felt like a good image, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I'm looking for. I like to switch topics now and talk about, um, instead of talking about our career, because I think we focus on our career for the first portion of this, I want to talk about, we both just recently moved to Atlanta. Yeah. That's, that's a big life step. And you've moved here twice. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> this is your second time moving here. Yeah, for so, the first time. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk about that. You're I mean, from the very beginning. Like what motivated you? Where, where did you come from? Kai Nigel. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, just all that stuff. Um, well, I knew that I wanted to move uh, because the projects that I was working on in Kentucky, uh, they were starting to feel very similar mm-hmm. and uh, creatively unfulfilling. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I needed, I, I wanted and I needed more experience on larger sets. Because mm-hmm. I, again, kind of like going back to the very beginning, no. I know that to do what I want to do, which is run a set with my friends on it, mm-hmm. I need more experience. I need to know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, there's different hubs for that across the, the nation. And so I picked Atlanta because I felt like that was the, I felt like that was a safe option. So I actually moved here by myself mm-hmm. uh, for six months earlier this year to kind of like try it out and, you know, see if I can get on some movies and stuff. Um, and you're married. I am. I'm married. Yes. Yeah. So I, I left my my partner and my pets and our house and stuff back in Kentucky because I was scared. I mean, I didn't want to. I, I knew that I had issues with the industry. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to uproot our entire lives and then get out here and yeah. be like, you know, I don't actually think this is for me. Yeah. You know, that would be really hard on, all, on everyone. Mm-hmm. And so I came out here by myself. To kind of like, you know, just make sure that this is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I didn't get a clear answer, to be honest with you. But um, I learned a lot about myself and what my preferences are. Yeah. And so that was helpful. And then, um, yeah, I mean, we, we decided that, you know, we could make a life here. That we could figure something out. Mm-hmm. And so now we've been here for uh, a week. Yeah, <laughs> one week. For the second time. Yeah, yeah for the second time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's basically also why I moved here, um, was for work opportunity. Well, you didn't come straight to Atlanta. I did not. I did not come straight to Atlanta. 
So I've mentioned I'm 23. I graduated college in uh, 2021. After uh, graduating, I moved to Chicago um, for a girl. Very classic guy move. That relationship didn't work out. So I stayed in Chicago for a year. I worked full time as a PA in Chicago. There were definitely some ups and downs. <laughs> Seems like a lot of downs and uh, very few ups. But uh, I learned a lot, definitely learned a lot. And when my lease in Chicago was about up, um, I had to think, do I want to stay here or do I want to go somewhere else? And obviously decided I want to go somewhere else. Um, and my two options were, you know, I was single, no, no real responsibilities. I didn't have any pets. The plant that I had died. So <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't really matter. Um, so, you know, I thought, where do I want to go? Atlanta or Los Angeles? And I knew that, that you were thinking about moving down here. Yeah, we had several phone call conversations about it. Mm -hmm. And I have some other friends that are down here. Good community really means a lot. And I knew that I would find that in Atlanta and maybe not so much in Los Angeles. So that was really one of my big motivators um, for moving down here, as well as obviously jobs. Um, I've been here for two weeks, <laughs> almost. So, or maybe a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. What do you think your, your hopes are down here? Honestly, uh, I do not feel incredibly confident in the direction that I'm going right now. I, I don't really know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't, I don't know what I'm looking for necessarily. I'm not really, I don't feel like I'm seeking anything out specifically. Yeah, so I don't know. I, it's honestly a little overwhelming right now. Yeah. Because I, I feel like I, I have moved us down here for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like I don't really want to follow the traditional path of the people who want to do what I do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I have no idea how I'm going to get there, to be honest. What do you see as the traditional path? Just the, like, freelance lifestyle? Or to, you know, just... Cut off everyone. Throw, throw yeah. your entire existence into the film industry and, you know, work every single day that you possibly can for 12-plus hours a day and, you know, just sell your soul to this <laughs> to the industry yeah and and hope that you accidentally climb up the ladder mm -hmm. or get lucky and go and skip a rung maybe and it takes years and decades and a career's worth and then by the time that you're ready to die you get to the point where you want to be yeah you know that's that's kind of how i see it right now and i don't i don't want to participate in that I hope this inspires people to join our industry. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you want to get in the film, please do. Um, but I think uh, to wrap this up, I would like to talk about the good in the industry. And I think that um, for me, one thing that I've seen that is good is that if you're good at your job, eventually you will get noticed eventually that's the key word there you will get noticed and you will work out it may take time it probably will take a lot of time but as long as you continue at it you are able to to work out and i think that's what keeps me motivated whenever i go to a different set 
And also, I think you get to meet a lot of very unique people. Um, I've met a ton of different people that have completely different lives than mine. And I think that coming from someone who came from a very small town, where everyone is exactly alike, everyone has almost the exact same beliefs, um, just being able to immerse myself in, be in the culture, but not of the culture, if that makes sense. So be myself, but also understand and um, appreciate all these people that have different views on certain things and be able to talk to them, um, I think is a very unique experience that uh, sometimes people wouldn't get in a different job. So I think that's also a very good uh, pro. I think that the fact that any of these jobs exist at all mm -hmm. is a pro. I mean, because when you really break down... See, this is why I don't take anything that I do very seriously in film. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's stupid. <laughs> like, if when you really, really mm -hmm. break it down to, like, the like three pieces that it is... Mm -hmm. see, we, we are all... I mean, I, I guess not all of us. But, mm -hmm. like, you know, people will give millions yeah. of dollars... Mm -hmm to a group of 40 or 60 people who are all working tirelessly so we can play dress-up yeah, and play pretend yeah. and then film it on one of the most complicated, intricate inventions ever mm -hmm. so we can entertain other adults for money. I mean, I think that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that I get paid sometimes to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I think that kind of perspective is very important. I think another pro that um, some people outside the film industry may not realize, uh, or maybe they have, it's been in the news here lately, um, is that uh, a lot of film professionals unionize. Um, there are established unions in like every major city for, you know, film, theater, stagehands, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's a... Uh, and it's great. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, PAs can't unionize. Just the fact that eventually you can get to a point where you will have union support and you will have health care and you will have, you know, you can set up a retirement fund or whatever. Yeah, that's a big pro. Wow, having basic things that other jobs offer <laughs> yeah. from the ground up <laughs> yeah. is considered a pro. Yeah. Great. <laughs> when you say it like that, um, let's imagine if we didn't have unions. That would be awful. It'd be worse. It would be way worse. <laughs> it's bad now. <laughs> yeah. But um, IATSE was in the news very recently for um, making sure that workers get uh, sleep, <laughs> which is, I feel like, is only something that you hear about in media. Is like your union has to fight for you to sleep. <laughs> but, I mean, at least that was great that they did that, you know? It's like, I'm glad that at least there was someone that stood up and said, hey, we represent these people. These people are getting overworked. Like, can you please take care of your workers, right? That's why I say it's a pro, just to have someone that's there for you. Yeah, community. Yeah, exactly. That's like, we're going to take care of you. You know, pay us several thousand dollars a year, but we will take care of you <laughs> on set. Um, so I think that's what I mean by that. All right. Well, I think that was a pretty good start to a podcast um i think we had a good conversation that hopefully we can whittle down into something that's 
useful. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you had to pick one word to describe the themes of everything we've talked about today, what would it be and why? So I, um, we talked a lot about our jobs, so I want to say job. My reasoning behind that um, definitely is because this doesn't feel like a career yet for either of us. And I think job more accurately represents um, where we're at right now, as opposed to career, if that makes sense. What about you, Sawyer? Yeah. I would say if I had to pick one word to describe everything we've talked about, it would be reinvention. Because um, I feel like everything that we've talked about today, Mm -hmm. anyone who is even just a little bit further ahead than we are Mm -hmm. has already had all these thoughts. But I think it's still important for us to figure these out things out on our own as mm-hmm. well you know um you know we're, i don't know we're, we're starting a podcast there's a million podcasts yeah. we're going through this industry like we're very early in the stages there's plenty of people who are you know way further down the line than us you know mm-hmm. i don't think anything that we're doing here is new or mm-hmm. unique but i think it does have significant relevance to us yeah I agree with that. Reinvention's a good word. Job slash reinvention. <laughs> the classic combo. Um, Alright, well. Thanks so much, everyone who may be listening. Yeah, this well, is... John, thank you for a lovely conversation. No. I'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll see you when we see you.